Episode 23, how to turn any setback into a success. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I wanna share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live life amplified. C.S. Lewis once wrote, failures are finger posts on the road to achievement. Hello and welcome back everybody to Life Amplified. Such a privilege to serve you today. Thank you for taking a few minutes to join me. And I gotta tell you, this is the first episode in about six months worth of podcast where I've been inspired to give you a topic based on WWE professional wrestling and in particular, WrestleMania that happened a couple weeks ago. I know that sounds weird, but track with me. This will all make sense in a few. And I know what you're thinking, like, wait, I listened to this guy for uplifting content and he talks about spirituality and he talks about emotions and feelings and what he also likes pro wrestling. As a matter of fact, yes, I do. Life is all about balance. Sometimes I want to talk about emotions and feelings and really deep topics, and sometimes I just want to get back into that primal masculine space and watch grown men and women beat each other up in simulated fictitious fights in a wrestling ring. And here's another one that will actually blow your mind. Here's a true Dan confession. Did you know that for about seven years, back in my 20s, I actually used to moonlight as a professional wrestler. I worked with a, a small little independent wrestling group in Cleveland, Ohio when I lived there. So every Tuesday night, we would go to some little dive bar and uh, tape our TV show that we would run. And here's the really funny part in all this. If you've ever met me in person, if you've ever seen me, it's obvious I'm not an athlete by nature. But the funniest part is, is not only was I getting into the ring and wrestling every Tuesday night, I was actually the number one bad guy. I would be the guy that got out in front of the crowd and hurled insults and made people boo me. And my big catchphrase when I was wrestling somebody is that I was going to take his mom or his girlfriend and give her a tasting of the Mason. So there you go. If you ever think that maybe you're just not evolved enough or that you can't turn your life around, remember, I'm a life coach and a podcaster and a motivational speaker who used to insult people in a wrestling ring in front of like 100 people for $25 a night. So anybody can turn their life around, even me. Used to be a caveman and a Neanderthal, but look how far I've come. But I wanted to talk because this WrestleMania this past year was really historic, and you don't have to be a pro wrestling fan to get where I'm going with this, but you are probably familiar with the name Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey in her old career was a mixed martial arts fighter. She was a jiu-jitsu technician who would get in the octagon for the UFC in these cage fighting matches, and she was the most dominant female pro athlete in the world. Her fights rarely lasted beyond the first round. She would break people's arms in the middle of the ring, and she was just one of the most recognizable female athletes. I guess it would pretty much be her and Serena Williams, who were the biggest women pro athletes in the world. And as is the case sometimes, her world came crashing down. You know, the rest of the sport caught up with Ronda. Other women went into training. They were inspired by her. And eventually they became better than her. Because for a woman who was so dominant over a number of two to three years, she lost her last two fights in devastating fashion. Where she wasn't even competitive. Those fights ended quickly. And they ended in really embarrassing fashion. 
So when Ronda Rousey walked away from mixed martial arts, she was very upfront with people about the fact that she didn't even know what her next step was. She felt like she had lost her purpose when she was no longer a cage fighter. You know, there's an interview clip of her talking to Ellen DeGeneres where she said, I was down in the medical room sitting in the corner and asking myself, who am I anymore if I'm not a fighter? And she even admitted at one point that she was having suicidal thoughts because her identity was so wrapped up into this career as a cage fighter, she thought to herself, I'm nothing. What can I do anymore? Nobody's actually going to care about me if I'm not in the ring. And what turned it around for her is the fact she saw her boyfriend and she told herself, well, I need to have his babies, so I need to stay alive. Now, as a coaching perspective, I know that that's what got her through in the moment, but I would tell you that your purpose is no more to be a spouse or a parent than it is attached to your job. Our purpose is so much bigger than that. We put ourselves into a corner in these little one-dimensional identities that we give ourselves. I'm a life coach. I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. I'm a parent. People say I'm a wife and mother or I'm a wife and father, but that's not really what your purpose is, and we've done a lot of episodes about that. Your purpose is not your job, although your job can be a vehicle through which you bring your purpose to life. You know, if you believe in the theory that I do, that purpose is just an emotion, for somebody like Ronda Rousey, and obviously I've never coached her, but if her purpose is to feel excitement in her life, and then share that excitement with other people, it would make sense that she would find that through very aggressive, competitive, athletic endeavors where it was also creating excitement for the people in the audience who were watching. And now she's found a new way to do that because she's evolved her career into becoming a professional wrestler for the WWE. And here is sort of the full circle moment on where I'm going with this idea of how to turn a setback into a success. Because after she had her big debut match in front of 75 5,000 people at the New Orleans Superdome, Rhonda did an interview. And at this point, it's been almost two full years since she said that she was having suicidal thoughts and felt like she completely lost her identity. And she said, it was me versus the world in an individual sport. I thought I would never say this, but I'm so happy I lost those last two fights because it led me here. This is so worth it. She went on to say, everything really does happen for a reason. I'm so grateful. I never thought I would be grateful for the losses, but time is a great teacher. She says, I'm really glad I gave it time instead of giving up and feeling that it was the end of the world. She said, there's so many people who encounter tragedies who feel like the world and time won't heal it. But all I can say to these people is... Just give it time. Even if you think time can't heal it, you never know what will happen and where it will lead you. Every missed opportunity is a blessing in disguise. I really believe that now. I want to repeat that last line because I think it's beautiful. Every missed opportunity is a blessing in disguise. And I know I've realized this in my life firsthand. The things in my life that at the time seemed like the most soul-crushing defeats and failures on my part have turned out to be the catalyst that led me to some of my biggest victories. I mean, you've heard, you know, just the beginning of the podcast where I tell you about rebounding from a divorce and how it propelled me forward in my life into my purpose, into a self-development path to figure out who I am and what I'm here to contribute. But even before that, and this is the big point that I would stress to you today, is the only way that you can determine if something in your life is truly a tragedy is once you have hindsight. 
because it all depends on what the result is. We all want to feel like we're in control. We all want to know with absolute certainty why things are happening to us. But you'll never know why you're facing challenges. You'll never have the answer. But I can tell you, it always makes sense in reverse. You know, I think back on my early career in radio as an on-air DJ and also as a program director. I was always the person who was an overachiever from an early age. At age 23, I was running a major radio station in Cleveland, Ohio. And my biggest goal for my life, you know, aside from my little pro wrestling side hustle in my 20s, was that before the age of 30, I wanted to be running one of three radio stations in America. There was a station called Z100 in New York. There was a place called Kiss FM in Los Angeles and another station called Y. 100 in Miami. And at the time, those were pretty much the three most important pop music radio stations in America. And those were really the gold standard for radio. And sure enough, I worked tirelessly for a good six years solid with just a single pointed focus toward this goal to end up in one of those three radio stations. And as luck would have it, six months before my 30th birthday, I was offered the chance to move to Y100 in Miami and take over that radio station. And for me, it was the culmination of a dream. Up until that point, it was everything I had been working towards since college. And I was so excited to move down and kind of have that South Beach lifestyle, living on the beach. And I thought that the title and the importance of the job would make me more significant. I thought it would make my parents proud. I thought it would make my life look great to other people on social media back when MySpace was all the rage. And I got down there to this job and I don't want to say it was a complete and utter disaster on day one. But by the end of the second week, I remember leaving that job and going home to my girlfriend at the time and saying, this isn't what I thought it would be and it's probably not going to end well. There was just no joy in that building. It was sort of a political landmine with the corporate landscape. All the people who hired me were pretty much out the door within two to three months of me arriving there. So a whole new regime comes in, and my new bosses made it very clear to me that I was not their pick, you know, that I was somebody else's hire, I wasn't theirs. And they almost took joy in letting me know that I wasn't going to keep the job. Like they were literally bringing in other candidates to interview for my job in the building and just walking them right past my office. So it was really embarrassing. It was really deflating. My dream job turned into a nightmare job. I was so stressed out. I wasn't sleeping. In the middle of the night, I was even like waking up gasping for air when I was having these nightmares. And it's one thing to know that you're going to lose your job, but I always thought when I was in a position of management that you let people keep their dignity on the way out the door. And I was working for people at the time who really didn't subscribe to that theory. So I got to my dream job in May of 2007, and I was fired a week before Christmas that same year. The job literally lasted all of seven months. And it felt like such a failure. I was so crushed. I had never experienced a setback up until that point of my life. You know, maybe in my romantic relationships or maybe in my personal life, but my career was always the one place where I knew that I could deliver huge results. That was my identity, was being a guy who was very successful in corporate broadcasting. And in hindsight, it wasn't even that I failed. I wasn't at the job long enough to fail. It was just a perfect storm of other circumstances and why that didn't work out. But here's what's interesting. During that time in Miami, 
around 2006, I met a gentleman that you may be familiar with. His name was Elvis Duran, and he hosted a huge radio show out of New York City. And when I was in Miami, we became his first syndicated affiliate. It was the first time that that show was heard outside of the New York metropolitan area. And we didn't get to work together long, but we had a very friendly relationship, and Elvis was always a gentleman to me. And when I lost the job, we didn't talk as much. It's not like, you know, we created a lifelong bond or that we were on each other's Christmas cards list, but we would always be friendly when we ran into each other in the years after that. And fast forward about another 10 years, when I had finally walked away from that corporate career and I had launched my life coaching business and I was putting myself out there and writing a lot of self-development articles for the Huffington Post and, you know, writing some blogs that were really well received. And I got a message one day from Elvis Duran, who was on vacation and just happened to stumble across one of my articles. And he was so intrigued by it. He said, I didn't even know this part of you existed. This is such a great article and it's really inspirational. And tell me more about what you're doing. And sure enough, I did, and our relationship has evolved, and he's hired me to fly out to do speaking engagements for his team. And eventually, we ended up full circle, where he ended up helping me with this podcast, including it in his network of podcast offerings and promoting me on the air, and using me as a resource for his listeners to inspire them. But that relationship never happens unless I went to Miami and went through what I thought was the most devastating setback of my career. So sometimes it can be 10 years, a decade, before you can connect the dots and things begin to make sense on a challenge. But what I'm here to tell you today is that life is always happening for you. It's never happening to you. Even when you can't understand why things are happening, particularly when you can't understand why things are happening, life is always conspiring in your favor. So with that in mind, I want to give you a few simple steps this week to help you turn any setback into a success. So I don't know where you're struggling today. I don't know whether you just got laid off from a job or you're stuck in a job that you hate. I don't know if your relationship is falling apart or where things are off track. But whatever the setback is that you've encountered, I want to give you some practical strategies today to help you turn any setback into a success. Harvard researchers did a study where they wanted to find out what are the biggest determining factors that lead to more engagement and happiness in the workplace. And they created something called the progress principle. So out of all the things that can boost your emotions, your motivation, and your perceptions during a workday, the single most important factor is making progress in meaningful work. Isn't that interesting? Because I think you could take this same thing and apply it to relationships and health. When we're making progress, when things are going well, we always seem to be happier. In your relationship, it's so much easier to love your partner when things are going well and you're getting along and you're having sex on the regular. But then when there's a fight or there's some conflict, that's when people just automatically spiral down the toilet and assume it's never going to work out and that the other person's out to get them. This plays out all the time. You know, even in health, when I lost that 37 pounds back in 2012, you know, it took me 90 days to achieve that goal. But what I found is I started feeling really good after the first two weeks. Once I dropped the first five pounds and saw the number going down on the scale, that gave me the motivation to show up in a bigger way. But there is a dark side to the progress principle. Because of all the things that rob us of our productivity and our happiness, having setbacks or feeling stalled is the thing that comes up number 
on. And here's what they found out at Harvard. 76% of people's very best days where they were happy and engaged, the one common factor is they felt like they were making progress toward their goals. Now, by contrast, only 28% of people's worst days included this idea of progress. But here is sort of the interesting thing, and I think this is part of the human condition. What the Harvard researchers studied is that the negative effect of a setback on happiness is two to three times more intense than the positive effects of progress. How many times have you done this in your life? Things are going well, and you're like, well, it should be. We just think we're so entitled to be happy and that everything should be going great in our life all the time. So we never really celebrate the small wins, but you get one setback. You hit one pothole on the road. And it is like all hell breaks loose. You have an emotional meltdown. You'll feel like you're crumbling. So the first question that we have to consider here is what is your personal blueprint for happiness? Because if the only way that you can feel joy is attached to a positive result, that everything has to unfold on your timeline in the way you want, with the outcome you want, how difficult is it going to be for you to ever really achieve meaningful, lasting happiness in your life? So often we get caught up in just wishing things would be differently. If my coworkers didn't suck, I would love this job so much more. If my significant other would change the way that they behave, then I'll be happy. If traffic weren't bumper to bumper this morning, if my commute wasn't so devastating and terrible, then I would allow myself to be happy. And every one of those examples, what you're doing is just robbing yourself the gift of being in control of your life because you're never going to be able to change things outside of yourself. It's just not possible. So the first step to turning a setback into a success is just the idea of acceptance. You have to accept the situation that you're in for what it is. It doesn't mean that you have to like it. It doesn't mean that you have to want to stay there and live in that place, but you have to accept that right now, this is what is happening to me in this moment. Right now, I'm in the middle of a breakup. Right now, I'm being laid off from this job. Because there's a saying in personal development that we use quite a bit. What you resist persists. When your focus is on what is not working in your life, you will find more things and more evidence to support that theory. We talked about the idea of confirmation bias back in the episode where we talked about how to become the CEO of your life. But your brain is just sort of designed to look for evidence to support your hypothesis. So, so many times we go, I just wish this weren't happening or this is unfair fair that this situation's happening to me. And once you lock into that mindset, you're going to look for more evidence that life is unfair. Now, acceptance doesn't mean giving up. It doesn't mean resigning yourself to thinking that your present conditions will equal your fate in your life. Because the next thing that we have to do is move on to point number two. Step number two, you want to adopt a growth mindset. There's a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. The author's name is Carol Dweck. She talks about this idea at the beginning of her career that she looked at everything that happened as black and white. You know, that you were either smart or you weren't. And if you experienced failure, it meant that you weren't. Like, it was just that flat-out simple. That was her quote. What she's come to understand, though, is that your talent and intelligence isn't carved in stone. And what happens is, is that your basic qualities are things that you cultivate through your efforts. So successful people, when they encounter a setback, 
When something doesn't go the way they want, they see it as an opportunity to rise to a challenge and grow, not as a reinforcement that they suck and they're not good enough. There's the great example of Thomas Edison who blew up a thousand light bulbs before he ever really figured out how to make the electricity thing work. And his friends would come over to his house all the time and they'd be like, Thomas, what are you doing? You're going to burn your house down. You're going to blow everything up. You're going to kill yourself. Like, just give it up. And his response to his friends wasn't to see the missteps as failure. He said he just figured out a thousand ways to not invent the light bulb. And sure enough, eventually success was his, and he did it by process of elimination, trial and error, setback, learn from it, take new action, and move forward. So the key to this is really making an effort to learn from whatever you're going through, no matter what the outcome is. It's not about immediate perfection in your life. Your life isn't about not having challenges. It's about how you respond when you do have the challenge. So I don't know what isn't working in your life. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. You know, I have a woman who is in my group program right now who came to me totally freaked out. Like finances were very triggering for her to the fact where she wouldn't even look at the books for her business she was running. She was letting her business partner handle that. And then what she found out is that, well, the business partner was taking more than her fair share of the profits. So my client at that point could have either used that as an excuse to say, everybody takes advantage of my kindness, the world is out to get me. But what she did is she took a look to say, I'm being called to grow here. That if I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur and business person, I'm going to have to learn to face my fears around money. I've got to do that work. So she stepped up. Now she's taken over the bookkeeping. She's getting help to learn how to do that from a family member who's an accountant. And eight weeks after this business was totally in the toilet, she's turning profits every month. Like she's setting herself up to be able to sell the business and move forward in her life and really focus on bringing her purpose to life. It happened in eight weeks though. And it was the mindset that, hey, this is not a failure on my part. It's a learning opportunity. Once you do that, we can move on to step number three to turn any setback into a success. We've got to imagine a better future. You know, whenever we're going through a tough time in our life, we tend to dwell on all the circumstances that have caused that to be. We focus on all the little micro issues that are causing us pain. But really, if you think about the most successful people, what they do is they start with the outcome. They focus on what the result is that they want to achieve. You've heard me use the example of Viktor Frankl before, how he survived in a Nazi concentration camp. What he did is he vividly imagined a future in which his problems were resolved, and then he started working backward from there to the present to determine what he'd need to do in order to make the future a reality. So many of us just continue to exist every day at the level of the problem. We stay stuck in the weeds when really, if you want to move forward, if you want to take that setback and turn it into a success, you've got to have the ability to look at your life from 30,000 feet up. And the easiest way to do that is focus on what is the outcome that I am committed to achieving. Then start to create your minimum viable action steps. The smallest things that will help move you forward, knowing what Harvard has told us, that happiness is a product of progress, and just start taking those baby steps forward that move you in the right direction. And finally, this brings us to step number four, to turn any set back into a success. Redefine what success is to you. 
So many times we get caught up in thinking that the success is based on our resume and how good it looks. It's all about like those big picture goals that we got to have $10 million in the bank. We want to be able to travel the world and take dream vacations and those are great things to aspire to. But it's not the ultimate marker of success. History has shown us plenty of people who have money and the ability to travel, legions of adoring fans, and they're some of the most miserable people in the world. So what if success weren't about just the list of accomplishments, but it was truly about how you're living your life? You know, I've had a couple moments over the past six months where I've really had to look at what success is for me. Because I went from a coaching business where I was struggling to make $2,000 a month to creating a business where I could make 15 times that in a month. But you know what? Having the extra money didn't cause an increase in my happiness. What caused an increase in my happiness was just knowing the kind of person I become to achieve that result. It's all about how I'm living my life. I define success each day by how much fun I'm having, by how many days I can take off. You know, last Thursday, I had no clients on the schedule. It was wonderful. Went and got my hair cut. I got a massage. I went into New York City and looked for some clothes. It was just so relaxing. I got to catch up with good friends on the phone. But there was just a sense of ease and flow and not obsessing over how much money I was going to make that day. It was all just about enjoying my life. Stop worrying so much about the small goals and get in tune with what you want your legacy to be. What do you want to be remembered for? Wouldn't that be a beautiful way to define success is how many people you inspired or how many lives you touched along the way? Think about the people who have inspired you the most in your life. Do you remember them for the level of income on their W-2 statement? Do you remember them for the kind of car that they drove? No, you remember them for how they made you feel, for the fact they saw something within you that you didn't even see for yourself. So what are you going to be remembered for? As I was putting together my notes for this podcast today, it occurred to me that if something went terribly wrong, if I walked out of my apartment today and got hit by a New Jersey transit bus, I could die feeling good about my legacy. I've left a lot of content, a lot of podcasts that people have really responded to that have made a difference in people's lives. I look at the number of clients who I've been able to serve across 13 countries who've made massive improvements in their life. That's a noble life. That's a life worth living. And it doesn't mean that I ever got to go buy my dream home in Bali that I could be at a few months out of the year while I also had my multi-million dollar home on the beach in La Jolla, California. I can still be grateful and feel that sense of success right now in the present. And I don't know what that looks like for you, and perhaps you don't even know what that looks like for you. Many times that's part of the problem, is we can't ever feel success because we haven't really truly defined what it is for us. But this is where enlisting the help of a coach, a mentor, a therapist, to help see your blind spots, to help you start asking those bigger questions, to find clarity, to create an action plan, and really to overcome the mental gremlins that are holding you back and keeping you stuck. So if you're a person who wants to turn your setback into a success today, to recap, number one, you have to be an acceptance of whatever is happening in your life in this moment. Remember, acceptance is not giving up. It's not resigning yourself to that being your destiny. It's simply acknowledging what is. Number two, adopt a growth mindset. How could this setback be pushing you to grow, to become more, to learn more. 
because the more that you learn in life, the more you have to give to the world. So could life right now, even at this low point, be happening for you and not to you? The answer that you give there will determine how you're feeling moving forward. Number three, you got to imagine a different future. You've got to be able to picture a more compelling future than your present and then start to reverse engineer the process. What would you need to do right now? The smallest action steps that will help you make that future a reality. And number four, redefine success. What if it weren't about the possessions or the bank statement or the number of homes or the car you drove? What if it was about the legacy that you were leaving behind? I hope this episode serves you today. I hope you found some inspiration just from the story of Ronda Rousey that I shared today. I think that there is something in there that we can all learn from. I might even vision board her and get her on this podcast one day. We got to make that happen. But it means the world to me that you're here. If you have any additional questions, if there's things that you would like more clarification on in this episode, you can always join our private Facebook community for listeners of the podcast. We have so many beautiful people in there who are just amazing and uplifting and really supporting one another as they find their path in life. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified. We also have that link for you in the show notes. You can always screenshot this podcast, upload it to Twitter and Instagram and share with me what is your biggest breakthrough or aha moment today. Look for me on both those platforms at CM. SC Dan Mason. And of course, if you'd like some additional mentorship or support, you can get on my waiting list to work with me in the month of May. You can sign up right now at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to spend with me today. Don't forget, you can give us a follow on the iHeartRadio app. And if you're listening on Apple, those ratings, and particularly your five-star reviews, if you feel led to do it, really help us with the whole algorithm there. It helps us get this podcast in front of more people so we can inspire more people together. So your help with that would mean the world to me. I appreciate you. I love you. And don't forget, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.